Uh, we're starting a new series um, as a church, and it's called Wisdom. And uh, I think uh, uh, some of what Dan said, you know, the, the trials and, and the tribulations and the things we go through in life have two choices. They can either bring us down or they can develop wisdom within us. Uh, and part of wisdom is having a short, short accounts with God and with one another. That's, that's a, that's a, to have wisdom is to have a short account with, with, with God and with the world that we live in. Um, this word uh, wisdom is is a is a funny word because um, like if like I, I had this goal about um, at Christmas I was uh, just under ninety kilograms I don't know how much that that's like fourteen and a half stone is it something like that more anyway I'll call it fourteen <laughs> thanks Ben um, so <laughs> I had this goal that I wanted to be eighty six kilograms right. Because when I, that's what that's the weight I was when I played rugby. So I had a goal, and I got on the scales after my holiday, and I was 86 kilograms. So, woohoo, yeah. <laughs> um, so I hit my. But wisdom's not like that. You can say I'm going to have a goal where I am going to be wise, because you are never, do you never achieve it. And if someone says to you they've achieved their goal of wisdom, they're probably the most foolish person you've ever met. Because wisdom is a journey. Uh, Proverbs 1 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. You know, I, I think uh, to despise uh, the knowledge of God is to be a fool, is to be uh, 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 selfish, to be inward looking. You know, we are constantly seeking God's wisdom in every situation. Everything we go through, God is trying to teach us something. We have two types of uh, a wisdom, I think, that we would, we would define. We have worldly wisdom and we have godly wisdom. Worldly wisdom is about me and my environment. Me and how I react. Godly wisdom is about how God wants me to react to the environment that I'm in. It's looking at a situation and saying, to be honest, like, I just want to over go there and just slap them around the head. That's worldly wisdom. Some, sometimes I wish it was godly wisdom, but it isn't. What, godly wisdom is saying, God, give me the right attitude to respond to this person. I, I used to work in A&E, and we... Um, we decided one day that we'd like to bring in an honest day in A&E where we could actually truly feel, say what we truly thought about every patient that came into the department. Those of you who are nurses will get that. Um, but we decided that was worldly wisdom and that maybe I should have some godly wisdom. <laughs> Jules is a GP. She knows what I mean. You know, I, I read this. It says, much rather more valuable godly wisdom cannot be bought with an online course takes much time to occur and it's focused on the ultimate questions a person can ask and maybe have eventually answered who am i why am i born what is my purpose is there a creator is the creator knowable and so on godly wisdom is about asking the questions that are beyond ourselves about what does this mean why am i here why am i in this situation god what is your path through this thing what is your path in this situation what is my reactions that you want me to have not what i want to have that's godly wisdom I'm going to go through, um, we're going to talk about this for a couple of weeks, Phil's talking about it next week, but I'm going to go through some, some kind of characters of what it is to be wise. The wise are realistic people. 
Uh, that doesn't mean like uh, Paul that came and spoke the other week. That doesn't mean they don't have hope. But they're able, the wise are able to look at a situation and understand the complexities of what it is, of what's going on and the dynamics. It's so easy to walk into a situation and think you know it all. You know everything going on. But the wise, uh, godly wise, are able to ask for God's discernment. They're able to look at a situation and weigh up the consequences. Luke 14, 20 says, 28 says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Wouldn't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? You know, I, I think sometimes with Christianity and with faith, we can be stupid, right? Because I've had some amazing ideas, which I've said, uh, you know, like a faith ideas, but really they're stupidity. They're about me trying to force God to do something that I want him to do. And I call it faith. Do you know what I mean? And then there are some crazy stuff that I've done, which I've sought God's wisdom on. And the wisdom of the, of the world says it's not going to add up, but the wisdom of God says it's going to add up. Do you know what I mean? So why would, we buy, why would we take on a property like this, with the average of about 60 to 70 people on a Sunday morning? That is not worldly wisdom. Because it doesn't make financial sense. But it's godly wisdom. Because God says you can do it. God said he'll provide a way. God says he'll work. Do you see what I mean? I, well, I, had, to, I had to spend some time in prayer seeking which side. Well, is this just another great idea that Mike's got? Is this, is this just another one of my... Is this a godly thing? I had to go and seek God's wisdom on that situation so that I was on the right side of faith and not on the right side of stupidity. Does that make sense? Good. Excellent. The wise are aware of the calm moments of life. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 says, Come to me, all that you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wise people know life is hard. Wise people, if you want wisdom in your life, you know that life is God's is ups and it's downs. And you're able to find and the calm moments in life. You're able to find peace within a storm. You know, I, 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 uh, I've got some great people in my life that are, are quite a bit older than me. And, and, and I look at their circumstances and I'm like, I wouldn't be calm in that situation. Uh, because they've got poor health, they've got poor finances, they've got housing, whatever. But they're able to find peace in it because they're able to seek the wisdom of God in that situation. Uh, that comes with time. That comes with life. That comes through going through stuff. Uh, and, and learning to grasp the moment. I, I'm developing this prayer life and, and around what it comes around building church and there's three kind of three things. One, God, I understand that you are building the church. So therefore, when I go to sleep at half past ten till seven in the morning, the church is your problem, God, because I am sleeping. On a Thursday, when I have to write a sermon, it is my time to remove myself away from the pressures of not having enough light fittings put up in time for this and not having this done all that. To withdraw myself and say, God, you're in charge of this right now. Because I need to take a moment. I've also developed this prayer. You know the song, Holy Spirit, You're Welcome Here? Great song. I understand that 
that it doesn't really matter what's physically going on in my world, how mentally tormented I am. If I want to find peace, it comes in his presence of his Holy Spirit. That's, that, that's the wisest thing I can say to you. If your life is stressed out right now, let me tell you, this last couple of weeks, I've been in the bathroom at 3 o'clock in the morning singing, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here in my bathroom. Uh, because it's a quiet place. And, do you know what I mean? Uh, or, or down in my kitchen making myself a cup of hot milk to try and make my... Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Because I know in his presence, there is peace. So there's no point in me worrying about this, worrying about that, worrying about that. All I need to worry about is getting in his presence because I, when I find his presence, I find peace. And the importance of, you know, wise people... Say to me, and just enjoy the moment. Your kids are young, only once. You've you've only you've only got this these moments with your wives. Enjoy those moments. Uh, you know, I, I can become so focused on my job, on my task, on what I'm doing, and not enjoy the things that God has put in my world to have peace. And that is watching my boys play rugby on a sun, on a Saturday morning is is sitting in the kitchen whilst Amber plays the same 10,000 reasons over and over and over again for the hundredth time, trying to get the chords right. Um, like, I, I, I have a natural tendency to try and remove myself from these situations because, but God's is really challenging, Mike. Stay in those moments. Have a play fight with the boys. Put your arm around your daughter's shoulder and tell her you love her. Enjoy those moments. Wise people are able to grab them. Wise people know the world is not perfect. Humanity is broken. I love this quote. Wise people budget for madness. I like that. I think, you know, uh, there's this thing, and I, I think it's a fundamental, uh, should be like, we can all accept that Jesus died on a cross for us whilst we were still sinners. We all, if we've been a Christian for a while, we have that kind of, imprinted in our brains, don't we? That the, the, the Jesus died, and by his grace, I am saved, even though I am a sinner, I am saved, I am made pure, that I can stand in the presence of God, right? We get that. If you don't get that, let me pray for you afterwards, because that's the biggest miracle in the world. But the trouble is, we keep that miracle to ourselves. I'm saved by grace. God loves me. But you're an idiot. You've just done something. Do you see what I mean? Wise people understand that the world is made up with messed up people and that we should be the demonstrations of grace to those messed up people. That we should be slow to be angered, to, to be quick to forgive. Uh, you know, the more I go on my life, my walk through life, the more I'm trying to develop a skill to say, I'm just going to apply grace. Because... In my flesh, I just want to come round and knock you out. But grace says, you're as messed up as I am. I just don't understand where you are, and you don't understand. So I'm going to apply grace to it. I'm going to try and hold on to a relationship through grace. I'm going to try and show the world that I am a graceful person. Because wisdom, wise people know what it is to have grace. The wise are aware of how humans work. Proverbs 16, 19 says, It's better to be humble and stay poor than it is for one of, the arrogant, one of us to get arrogant and get a share of their loot. Uh, 
You know, wise people are able to sit down and take on other people's opinions. I remember having a, a, a Tim Jacks. He runs the Apostolic Church of the UK. And um, I remember having a conversation with him when he was here back in May time, I think it was. And, and uh, we went out for coffee. And, and, and I was just, you know, unloading, as you do as a pastor. And he was listening. And I was expecting a bit more of a comeback. You know what I mean? It's like, can you just agree with me? And he just sat there and just nodded and listened. Yeah, mm, yeah, mm. And, and I just spoke and he just listened. And then he was able to listen to me and value my opinions and say, Mike, I understand why you feel like this about this situation. I understand why you're making this, situa- this decision. I understand why you're doing this. And he was able to take on board what I told him. I felt valued in that moment because he'd listened. And then he, tell, then he destroyed my world by saying, well, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. But because he was able to listen and because he was able to value my position, understand why I'd come to my position because of my maybe immaturity, because of my, he's got like 50 years in ministry, I've got 10. He was able to relate to my position and understand where I was coming from and then bring godly wisdom that shifted me to a new position. Let's not be the people that jump in with the answer straight away. Because it's so easy. God's told me this. God's told, And God may, I'm learning that. God may have told you 100% what's right. But wise people are able to hang back and hear someone's opinion and let them know they're valued and loved and secure. Build a relationship. And then able to talk into their lives. The most powerful people that are speaking into my life right now are people that I have is the roof leaking? <laughs> Most powerful people that speak into my life right now are people that I have developed a relationship with. I think sometimes as Christians, we feel that we can say stuff, but yet we don't want to build a relationship. I, I just don't see that in the Bible. I see a Jesus that's at a well with a woman that's in adultery, and he builds a relationship with her over a conversation, then he brings a challenge. He knew He's the son of God. He knew before he got to that well everything about that woman's situation. He didn't just walk in and say, by the way, you're in adultery. You've got a couple of husbands. And you just sort of like, no, he, he got to know her. He got to understand. He got to realize that she was in shame because she was drawing water in the middle of the day and get to know her. And then to bring revelation of life and of heaven to her that's transformed her life. Amen? The wise know most people's hurt is not, most people's hurt is not personal. James 1.19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. You know, like, if you do life, unless you're a hermit and live in Alaska, which would be a great plan, I'd love to do that. Like, I'd love to be, if you've seen the last Alaskans on Discovery, me and Ed there, look it up. Honestly, I'd love to live in Alaska with my dog. And the wife, if she wanted to come. Oh, All right, yeah, sorry. But I'd love to, honestly, there's something about me that would love to be a hermit. <laughs> I could grow a beard and shoot rabbits and all that kind of stuff. I said, honestly, I, just, I, just, I could just do it. We were in France in the summer, and I said to the kids, let's just drive to Morocco. And the kids were like, yes. I was like, let's just go. And Ellen's like, no, you've got a church to run, Mike. I thought, oh, yeah, sorry. But if, if we are to live in humanity, 
people are going to hurt you. People you think you lo- that, that, that you love are going to hurt you. People in your family are going to hurt you. Your pastor's going to hurt you. Your home group leader's going to hurt you. Your youth group leader. You're going to get hurt. That's just life because we live in a broken humanity. I'm choosing to hold my hurt lightly. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. Because there are some areas in my life right now that God is saying, you need to let go of the hurt. And I'm like, yeah, but they don't understand me. Uh, they, they make me feel like this. They, they make me do this. They, they said this about me. They put this ultimatum on me. And God's like, yeah, I know. But don't be hurt. Go and seek my Holy Spirit. Go and seek my presence and deal with your hurt and your pain. I'm like, yeah, but I'm right. And God says, yeah, I know you're right, but you're wrong. Because wisdom says, trust the Lord. Let him deal with your pain. Let him deal with the situation. I've seen, even this week, even this week I've had to let some stuff go. I was having a conversation with my movement supervisor, my mate Barry, and I had to let some stuff go. I was right. He knew I was right, but he said, you're not right, Mike, because you're hurt. So let it go. That's easy for you to say. He's like, I know. So let it go. I let it go. I felt so much better, like within seconds. Still going to have to go back and deal with some of that stuff, but I'm not dealing with that stuff from a place of hurt. I'm dealing from that place of a place of, I'm just going to deal through wisdom. That makes sense? You know, there might be some of you here right now and God is saying you need to go back and deal with that situation, but you'd need to deal from a place where you're not hurt. You need to give them the forgiveness that God gave you, the same grace that God gave you. You may have to challenge people, but you come from that place. The wise understand their capacity. You know, the wise are happy with the understanding that God's plan is sovereign. You know, I'm learning that I can't be everything to everybody. I cannot carry that burden on my shoulder. We were joking just before, me and Tim, weren't we, just at the coffee bar. And I can't remember, about three. No, me, me and Jan were joking. We were, I got asked about three different questions. Like, and then Tim was like, what, what, is it raining on Wednesday? And I actually knew that answer. It is going to be sunny with showers on Wednesday. I don't know why I know that, but I just do. But uh, I, 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 I can get bombarded as the pastor with like 50 million questions. And especially at home, dad, dad, dad. I'm like, I don't know. You know, I'm learning my capacity to say, I just don't know. Wise people are able to say, I don't know. I, I, I can't answer that question. Maybe they can answer that question. Um, that's not what I can do for you, but I can do this for you. Maybe that person over there is the perfect person for you to connect with. Maybe this is the person. Do you mean wise people are able to know their capacity, know what they can do? And, and, and I'm not, I'm learning to, to, to be happy with the fact that I can't do everything I want to do. I was talking to someone, um, I think I was talking to Ed yesterday, about, you know, I, I know what I'm good at and know what I'm not good at. I know that I would never be a good PA for someone. If you've ever had a, t- he's had a text message from me, could you read it? Mostly. So there's no point, uh, doesn't it? <laughs> Jack was like, you're dyslexic, aren't you? <laughs> um, yeah, like, yeah. 
If you get confused, uh, ask Jack or ask Helen because they have skills to interpret, don't they? How we just write perfectly and they're just not getting it. That's the problem. But there's no point in me having a burning desire to be a PA. It ain't going to happen unless there's a miracle. So I'm quite happy with it ain't going to happen. Do you see what I mean? I, I, I'm learning to know what my capacity is and what my gifts are and to operate. You know, and I, I will, there are times where I have to operate, but I'm learning to be satisfied with what the skills that God's given me and to be able to say, well, that's just not my skill. So I'm not even going to, if I have to, I will, but I'm going to try and find someone in my world who is skilled at that because I want to bring them up. I want to give them the journey. Do you see what I mean? I see so many pastors. I'm talking to a friend this week, and I'm just like, you just got to stop doing some stuff. Oh, I said, no, 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 it's stuff. Start sharing the load. The wise understand that life will scar us. They accept regrets, but they don't live there. The wise stay calm, calm in a storm. You know, I, I've got this image of, and uh, it, it was uh, a few weeks ago, I was wrestling with some things, and uh, I woke up about, I think it was like four o'clock in the morning, and there was a, a quote I quoted the other day, and it says, if God can't hurt a man deeply, he can't use him deeply. I was like, whoa, that's not really encouraging kind of word at four o'clock in the morning when you can't sleep. And then God gave me this image. I used to have a tomcat called Dylan. And Dylan was bigger than my mum's dog. And Dylan would pin the dog to the floor and bite it. And then Dylan would go three doors down and he would just bust into their house. And he would, I'd, I'd lose my cat for like a day or two and he'd be sat on my next neighbor's sofa just looking out the window at me like, come and get me, mate. He'd lie on your lap and you'd purr, you'd stroke his tummy and you'd think, oh, what a lovely cat. And I said to people, just wait. And oh, he's so cuddly. And I was like, yes, yeah, just wait. And then he'd bite you and stick all his claws in. Why am I telling you this? But he had, he had scars on his face. He had bits missing out of his ears. He was, by the time he died, he was, he was pretty beaten up. But he carried a tomcat wisdom. Do you know what I mean? Uh, this is probably not a good analogy, but it works really well for me at four o'clock in the morning. God says it's your scars of life that will give you favor with the world. You know, when I'm able to sit down and say to someone, yeah, look at this scar. This came when I went through that situation. This scar came when I went through that situation. This scar came when I went through this situation. This scar here is this one. This scar you can't even see, but I'll tell you about it. Because wisdom is developed through our scars. That makes sense? And, I, and I'm not holding those scars. Those scars for me are memories of God's Wisdom, sovereignty, love, and grace. The fact that I'm still doing what God's called me to do, even though I carry the scars of life, even though I have these things in my... But wisdom says, this is building capacity. That I'm going to embrace the ups and downs of life because they build something in me. And the last thing is, the wise are happy with the boredom of life. Let me tell you, Life's up and down. The, the, uh, like, if you're a Christian, see, if you're a Christian, the, the devil will use boredom to rob you of your joy. 
because he'll say you're bored. Uh, life isn't going anywhere for you. You haven't got a girlfriend. You haven't got a husband. Like, do you know what I mean? God, that's what the devil will whisper. You're just bored. You're just in a dead-end job. That's the, that's the voice of the devil. You're not good at this. You're not good at that. That's, life's just boring. But let me tell you, when you have a relationship with Jesus, even the most boring season of your life can come alive when you seek him. Honestly, I've had the, some of the most powerful, spirit-filled moments of my life in the last couple of weeks. Even though it seemed boring and seemed like the... Because I've chosen not to be bored, but I've chosen to seek his face. I was going to say, Amber, could you come up and play the keys? But she's not here. You know, I, I think, like, I, I know what it is to be depressed and I know what it is to live with depressed people. And, and my, my prayer is, when I get like that, is God, give me a joy and a hope that's outside of my world. Because right now, I'm down. I'm not, do you know what I mean? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I acknowledge that I can read my Bible and all that, but if, if I can't touch his presence... I can't change my situation. Because his presence changes everything. In his presence, there's excellence. In his presence, there's peace. We, we as a church can strive for excellence, right? We can have haze machines moving, like all that. We can, we, can do, we can do all of that really, really well, right? We can strive for that in the physical, but let me tell you... <laughs> You can't tell me and you're related at all. It's from my mother's side. But if we can't find his presence, that's just stuff. If you're striving in your workplace to be the best you can, seek his presence and then go into his work. Do you see what I mean? We're lucky as Christians that we get to relate to a God of wisdom, a God of grace outside of this world that we can invite into every moment and he will transform it. The reason that I was successful in my workplace wasn't necessarily because I was good or what I did. I was all right. I had, I had some bare skills. But when I prayed and when I asked God to come into my situation, when I asked for godly wisdom in a situation, things transformed because I ended up as a Christian, living in the space that I was meant to live, and that's in his presence. Not trying to invite him into, do you know what I mean? Not in and out. I want to live in his presence. I want to live in his presence where I get divine inspiration, divine business ideas, divine direction, prophetic insight. I want to live in his presence because in his presence, excellence reigns. Because you can't stand in the presence of God and have imperfections. Because God's presence is about making everything perfect. That makes sense? Let me tell you, whatever you're struggling with today, wherever you need wisdom, it starts by, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Basically, that means the presence of God, I need you. Presence of God, I need you. Because I know that when you walk into this moment, things change. 
When you come in, things change. When you come in, checks start coming through the door into our church that we've never seen before. New people come. Things move forward. Because we're accepting his presence, not striving in our own flesh. Amen.